Next on BYU Sports Nation, zero concern, sir. BYU quarterback Zach Wilson back at it in day one of training camp. What has coach said about his help? RB1 Lopini Katoa on his sophomore season and how ready the offense is to start 2019. Plus, Kairos Tonga, 30 pounds leaner and meaner than last summer. We go one-on-one with the NFL prospect. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome to August. August! Thursday, August 1st. In fact, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton with the man who once dreamt of having a standing 38-inch vertical, rather, Jerem Jordan. Hello, Jerem. Hello, Dennis. I one time dunked a volleyball at Snow College randomly, and that was as good as it got for me. Yesterday, Brandon Davies, don't call me Brandon Davis, recorded Gavin Baxter doing a standing vertical jump of 38 inches, as you mentioned. 38 standing. This isn't running and jumping. This is just standing and jumping. 38 is fantastic. Uh, 38 inches. With a seven foot two wingspan, <laughs> and he's six eight. Yeah, I love it, Gavin Baxter. Dunk you very much. Yes, sir. Dunks a lot. <laughs> Here's today's show lineup: Lopini Katoa one on one with Jerem Jordan. He won. also he won. How Zach Wilson looked in day one of fall camp, and why the offense looks to be more explosive in year two under Jeff Grimes. Also, the BYU store releases the color scheme. Fans want to know what to wear to each home game. Now you have been given your plan. Mm-hmm. And Kairos Tonga, one-on-one with Jerem Jordan. He definitely won that one. Yes. What yeah. are his goals for the season, and which of his teammates does he think will shine alongside him on the defensive line? It's time for your BYU Sports Nation headlines to shine. Quarterback Zach Wilson making his 2019 season debut yesterday in day one of fall camp. He looked sharp, opening up 11 versus 11 play. With a 70-yard touchdown pass to Aleva Hifo. Didn't he do that in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl? So famous. Here's Zach. I think so. I think I'm ready. Um, The problem is just endurance, of course. I mean, I haven't been throwing, you know, routes as long as I've wanted. You have to be on a pitching count, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, luckily the game isn't tomorrow, so I don't have to worry about that. He's on a pitch count, and how about the catch by Hank Tui-Pelotu? Hank Tui-Pelotu. Which was probably the play of the first day of fall camp. Son of Peter, I like it. Kalani Satake says receiver Neil Pau will remain on the team as a redshirt this season following a DUI arrest on June 8th. He'll be a redshirt junior next season. Much more on that to come. Kavika Fanua moving from running back to middle linebacker. The junior played linebacker his freshman and sophomore seasons, ending in 2016 before playing running back in 2017. Here's linebackers coach and assistant head coach Ed Lamb on the benefits or perceived thereof. We moved him from offense uh, in 2016. He was one of the leading tacklers on the team playing mostly special teams. And so he's made a lot of tackles. We consider him a veteran defender and and moved him up to the top of the depth chart. Although I I told those three guys, at least on day one, those three are all starters and and we'll mix that up quite a bit going forward. Peyton Wilgar, Jackson Kafusi, Kavika Fanua all competing for that Mike linebacker position in the middle. And former Navy middle linebacker Pepe Tanuvasa 
has been added to the BYU football roster. Tanuvasa played in all 13 games for Navy last season for Ken Niamatololo, recording 32 tackles. He had 11 against Air Force, by the way. Tanuvasa will sit out this season due to transfer rules. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. A 70-yard bomb highlighting Zach Wilson's return to the field for BYU football in day one of BYU football (laughs) training camp. I know, 70-yard bomb into a Levahifo of all people. Yesterday we discussed, what if Zach isn't 100% by the time fall camp starts, and what if it's not 100% by the time the season starts? Jerem, knowing what we know and having listened to Zach, are you 100% that Zach Wilson is 100% after day one? No, he's not 100%. He admitted as much, right? Yeah, he's on a throw count, and uh, he's sitting out certain drills, and he's not throwing all the passes that he wants to throw, right? Oppo, hash mark, uh, to the other, you know, the numbers, whatever. But he appears to look good. He said endurance will be an issue. Um, his arm's just not ready for the full allotment of what's required in a given practice or game, right? But we're a certain amount of days out from the game. Um, it wasn't a big story in terms of him not looking good yesterday. To me, that's positive, right? Um, I wouldn't say, yeah, he was like... On the money, everything was amazing. You know, we only got to see a certain amount of the practice, but from what we're seeing in the clips, like, he looks good. He looks fine. He needs to take it easy, build up his strength, be ready for uh, August 29th, and then we go from there. He knows he needs to be good for 13 games, not one practice, right? One practice? We're talking about practice, not a game, right? And and Zach uh, mentioned that he was never cleared per se, (laughs) um, which is interesting. Like, there wasn't a – he's not coming back from – he's coming back from surgery, but it wasn't like an ACL where it's like, okay, now you can officially play. No, I'm I'm not concerned. He's definitely not 100%. Guess what? He's playing with torn labrum in his left shoulder. He will not be 100%. If we're talking about his right shoulder – Perhaps at some point into the season, I don't. Maybe it's game one. Maybe it's game five that he gets to a hundred percent. But in the season, you lose a little bit of that, so it's okay. I, I'm just fine with where Zach is right now. Now we've brought up the left shoulder quite a few times, and Zach was the one that revealed that on media day to us in yeah. Studio B. That said, we have followed up, and he doesn't anticipate that will have a huge impact on how he plays this year because it's oh. not on his throwing arm and it, his throwing shoulder. Yeah, if he thought it did, he would have had surgery on that one too, but then he couldn't do anything with either arm, right? Yeah, so I, I don't know how much that will affect him and his play. You know, you want to keep it as safe as possible. You don't want to take a ton of hits. And somebody asked Zach, are you anxious to take that first hit? And he said, mm, honestly, no. No, really. <laughs> I, I want to preserve my body until the actual games yeah. take place. So be I'm, fun. I'm okay not taking a hit until the game starts. Zach's not 100%. But like we said, and like I told you yesterday, what he does do will be impressive, given that he's coming off of injury. He looks, and I use this word with you offline, Jerem, crisp. He looks sharp. Crisp, yeah. So it's like yeah. biting into a green apple. Yeah. Okay. I love a crisp green apple. <laughs> Is there? I'm not as big a fan of a red apple for no, obvious it's, reasons. It's clear he's been working on his footwork with Tom House, legendary quarterback instructor John Beck, and, and in pitcher, San Diego. A million dollar arm. Oh, Tom yeah. House is in the movie. He's the guy. Yeah, he's, he's the USC guy. I mean, the he's a legendary players? instructor for pitchers and quarterbacks. Zach got to watch Drew Brees and Matt Ryan and was alongside those guys. guys. Yeah. I mean, some serious doors were open for Zach this mm-hmm. offseason. So he, he looks crisp. Yeah, he's on a pitch count. He's not 100%. Trust me, he'll be ready to go for game number one. He'll be ready. Yeah. Topic two, what else jumped out to you after day one of fall camp? 
I really liked how the coaches spent a ton of time answering questions about the emphasis on the player run practices and how those paid off for BYU football. Ed Lamb was specific when he said, typically when we get together for the first day of a fall camp, there's a lot of adrenaline. There's a lot of testosterone. There's Easy chirping. The juice. Yeah. There's yelling. Sure. There's after play fights and skirmishes. He said there was none of that yesterday, which is exactly what the coaches wanted because he said it tells us that they've been competing against each other all summer. This isn't new. Like this first day of fall camp wasn't like this. Finally, we get to compete. He said they've been competing against each other all summer. So it was a nice, smooth entrance into the official training camp. So that was encouraging to hear about all of the guys buying in and that they were actually physical at times in some of these player-run practices over the summer so that there wasn't a ton of wasted time breaking up fights and letting that get out of control. So I, I don't know, multiple coaches led by Ed Lamb talking about that. That definitely jumped out to me. Also, one of the first things I saw when I walked into practice was Neil Pau walk in across the way and be embraced by Kalani Satake in a nice hug and smile, and they had a nice conversation on the other sideline, and I thought, it's good to see Neil here. So I wasn't anticipating that I would see Neil much during fall camp, but he is back with the team. I thought BYU handled that situation beautifully. He technically never left, right? Yes. Yeah. I thought they handled that situation beautifully. Yeah, so he'll be out for this season as a richer, right? That's the punishment. You could call it a suspension for the year. You call it he's going to take time to get right, whatever. Um, yeah. There's that. A couple other notes for me. Kavik Fonu is healthy. He's moving to middle linebacker. So this is a position, as we mentioned, that he has played before. He's competing at middle linebacker. I like that. BYU's done this uh, in a couple of ways, right? Matt Hadley has gone from linebacker to running back. Now Kavik is going back from running back. Francis Bernard, who's now at Utah, a, a big part of that defense, too. Another note, Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Supa look the part. Okay, We told um, you they look like you. football players. Well, they're all football players, but yeah. Ed Lamb said Skyler Southam beat out Jake Oldroyd by hair uh, yesterday. Oldroyd also punted the ball 65 yards, Whoa. which is interesting. We didn't think of him as a punter per se. Zach Wilson, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, cool not getting hit for a while, which, yeah. And Joe Tukuafu, who we've been talking about for years being on this team, the transfer from Utah State, wasn't let go, finally gets on the team in 2017. He's a redshirt. He's just not on the team last year. He was actually in practice. He can play now at tight end. And he's big. He's 6'5", 240. It's yeah, dude. that was definitely out the radar. I like the Joe Tukuafu line. For me, Jerem, it's Jake Oldroyd. And I know. Who was listed as Jacob, by the way. I keep showing. He, I called him Jacob one time. Hey. Did he change? He's like, am I? I'm, I'm Jake. I was like, well, they said your name's Jacob. You tell them, man. I know he's a punter and a kicker. And we talk about body transformation. Like, whoa, did you see this guy last year compared to this year? Like, Jake Oldroyd, to his credit, looks like a football player. He's a punter, yes, and a kicker. He looks like... He plays other positions in football. So that, to me, was like, whoa. He's almost like a normal football player. Body transformation award goes to Jake (laughs) Oldroyd, and he's got a huge leg. I mean, if he's ripping off 65-yard punts, is is he going to be the starting punter? And if Skylar Southam is just barely beating out Jake Oldroyd, I think think this kid is going to make an impact at some point this season. He's going going to make an impact. The kicking competition is one to watch. It's fun. I like it. I like it. Uh, the running backs and the quarterback were clearly on our radar, but the players, the personnel moves with Neil Pau and Kavika Fanua and uh, Joe Tukwafu were definitely not on the radar. So it was good to hear those things handled 
on day one. Now, now we can just move forward, right? I like to be able to handle those things early. All right, our question of the day. Actually, uh, what's your biggest takeaway after day one of BYU football fall camp? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Nate Dunno 2 on Twitter says, BYU football's quarterback depth is scary good. Jaron looks as good as he did in spring ball, and Zach is so confident and looks like he's having fun with his game. I think you need, if you're going to talk about depth, I think you need more than two, though, right? Like, like two's good. Two's good. Uh, there's a battle for number three between Baylor Romney and Joe Critchlow. You don't want it to go that deep, but if it does, then now we're talking about it. Jaron, let me ask you this. What is the biggest story from day one? Just straight up, if you had to just pick one overall. Uh, it'd be Zach Wilson, uh, Zach Wilson's health. But the under-the-radar one for me is how ready BYU is for fall camp because of a few reasons. Okay, One, they're playing Utah. I think the sense of urgency didn't start yesterday. It started literally the moment the game ended against And that Utah. feeds into the player on practices, you would yes, think. Yes, there's a sense of urgency there, right? Two, second year with Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator. There's continuity, there's trust, there's confidence. And then three, good player-run practices. I think all of these things have lended itself to BYU being really ready on day one. Now, day one is always a positive, great, everything's good day. If day eight is the same and we're feeling that same vibe, sensing that same vibe, people are saying that, now it's something, right? Don't be fooled by the over-positivity of day one, which, by the way, I tweeted... BYU just ended its practice. They appear, it appears BYU will win the national championship. <laughs> a few of you don't really know me, apparently. Insert sarcasm. So, someone tweeted it, old takes exposed. I'm like, are you serious right Freezing now? cold takes. There, there's no sarcasm font, right? Yeah, can we work on that? That's uh, something it's that hard. lacks in, in Twitter. It's hard. Maybe you needed to do the capital lowercase, capital lowercase. <laughs> yeah. Is that the sarcasm take, well, font, if you will? It just takes too much time. <laughs> There's just, I, you know, I have time for things. That's not one of them. No. Yeah, the player-run practices, uh, for me, we all knew they were happening. But, and Kalani Satake was asked, how do you know that a day one is effective? Because you've done this a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is year four of the Satake. That was era. a good question from Greg Rubel. Yeah, yes, it was from Greg Rubel. And he said, I think it deals with limited mistakes compared to previous first practices and just the execution level, just how smooth everything went today. And how do you judge that? Because there are two sides of the ball. If the offense is awesome, does that mean the defense stunk? Like the defense could still be in good position and force a, a tough throw or a guy makes a good catch or whatever. It's hard. And it's BYU. We tend to skew offensive. If you watched a bunch of incompletions from Zach Wilson, a bunch of pass breakups and picks, you would think, oh, BYU is in trouble. But you wouldn't say, oh, wow, the defense is playing great. This is good news for the defense. We look at a very, we have an offensive mindset at this school. Every, every year, every year. It's you, the same story. Like, what, what do you want to see out of the practice highlights that we're going to show, by the way? You just want to see touchdowns. You want to see one-handers. You want to see Hank Tui Pelotu catching that. Yeah. Aleve Hifo 70-yard yes. bomb from Zach Wilson. Those are exciting. What we didn't show you was a couple of picks that happened yesterday, right? Why didn't we show those? Yeah. Well, because we have an offensive mindset, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's chicks dig the long ball, right? Like, that's <laughs> it's what happens. Yeah. Jackson Pulowski, 13, on Instagram, answers our Voice of the Nation question. What's your biggest takeaway after day one of BYU fall camp? Those wide receivers are looking good with those one-handed catches. That it's, was a tight end. Yeah. And, that and was a tight end. Just a reminder, this is fake football. They don't have shoulder pads. 
or any pads on the knees or anything, right? They have helmets, but that's it. It's it's fake football. Like Tuiaki's called it that before. For five practices. What was discussed this morning in our phone call? Don't let facts get in the way of a good story, Jerem. <laughs> Journalistically sound at BYU TV. Coming up, BYU announces what colors fans should wear each game. How much Royal is in there? Lopini Katoa goes one-on-one with Jerem Jordan off of his meniscus tear. Does he expect to be the workhorse of the BYU running backs this season? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation, right now it's a shoot-off between Mark Pope and Jeff Judkins in the annex. It's totally real and not fabricated at all. Watch it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That should be the motto of our show, totally real and not fabricated at all. They're real and they're amazing. BYU Sports Nation. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside a man who is truly authentic, Jerem Jordan. He had the opportunity to go one-on-one with a couple of BYU players yesterday after the first day of fall camp, including the incumbent running back starter, Lopini Katoa. Does Lopini expect to be the guy when game one rolls around? And how's he feeling after that surgery to repair a meniscus tear? Jerem Jordan, BYU Sports Nation All Access at BYU Football Fall Camp. Caleb Pini, day one in the books. Uh, how did it go? It was great. Day one, everybody's always excited. There's a lot of energy. It's easy to be happy to be out here finally in, you know, in our helmets playing football. So it was a fun day. What defines a successful first fall camp practice? I think just to see our, our summer work carry over, like the basics that we've been working on, just to see those go smooth. Um, that's like a successful day in my mind, and I think we, we saw that for sure. PRPs or player-run practices are happening throughout the summer, right, and a little bit of time off in July. But is this a time where you go, okay, we're doing the same stuff, but in front of the coaches now, let's make sure we do this well so they can see what we've been doing? Exactly, yeah. It was We've been doing this for a while, you know, so to do it sped up, a little more pressure, a little more game-like, you know, to see it carry over is the goal, so it was awesome. This is your third season at BYU. You were a redshirt and then a freshman. Uh, you're a redshirt sophomore, I think, right? Yeah, redshirt sophomore. How does this, uh, I guess, first day compare to the other ones you've had here? Uh, it's, it's a lot different. I feel like I have a lot more confidence in what we're doing as an offense. You know, second year in this offense, um, I'm, I'm able to understand a little bit deeper of, of what we're doing, so I feel a lot a lot more confident. Is the playbook similar enough to where you, you pick it up and, and these additions are, are easily digestible as opposed to last year where it's like, okay, we had spring, but this is a new offense? Right. Yeah, it's if there's additions, you know, it's something that we're building off of or you know, I'm used to already. It's not like a whole new playbook, so it's been really easy to pick up the new stuff. How much is newly installed in fall camp versus we did this in spring and we've kind of been reviewing it on our iPads and whatnot? Yeah, uh, I think it just depends. Like practice to practice, sometimes there'll be more plays than we're used to or, you know, we'll be familiar with some plays. So it's really a day-to-day thing, I feel like. Where, is, where are the plays uh, in a playbook for you guys? Is it on an, the iPad? Yeah, we have electronic, yeah. How often do you review that to make sure, okay, I know exactly what this is called and where I'm supposed to be and whatnot? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> I like at night before bed, you know, just and then before, right before practice, as much as I can. Like, I just want to be automatic. I don't have to think about it. For some people, that takes more study. For others, it's like, just get it. How is it for you? Uh, I feel like I, I'm somebody who, who thinks a lot. And so for me, you know, even if I may have it, you know, I just review it over and over because I just don't want to question it, you know. So I'm going to be maybe a little, a little overly, 
you know, <laughs> anxious about it. So I always review it a lot. Uh, Zach Wilson mentioned on media day, hey, I expect us to score every drive. And Jeff Grimes has said, hey, we don't want to hope we score 50. We want to expect to score 50. So in what way is this offense more explosive in year two of Jeff Grimes? Uh, I think we already saw it today in practice. Like, there's a lot more explosive plays. Um, you know, the quarterbacks and receivers are more comfortable with each other, so naturally they're, they're connecting more. Um, we're more comfortable with our running tracks, so it's, it's easy to run behind our line too. So like, naturally we're just getting better, so those explosive plays are coming. Is it just me or is this O-line really good? Oh, no, they're really good. They're really good. Yeah, they're really good, yeah. yeah, for sure. And you bring back everybody but uh, Austin Hoyt, so there's continuity there, right? Right, yeah, it's awesome. They're connected. They, they, they do everything together. They have their like own little language, I feel like, as a lineman. I don't know. They, they just know each other's humor. They're a good little group. It's good. So what they say, or it's not like pig Latin or something? What do you I say? Don't know. They do, I don't know. Like, I think, feel like they only laugh at their own jokes. Like, I don't get what they're saying half the time, but I guess it's funny to them. Like my dad, and I think I do it too. I have to laugh because no one else did, whatever. Um, how are you feeling coming off the meniscus tear uh, against New Mexico State? I feel good. I feel 100%. Um, luckily, like, that's not a super big deal. Um, but I'm just going to stay ahead of it, you know, make sure that it doesn't, you know, come inflame back up or whatever. So I'm just going to stay on top of it. Zach Wilson's on a pitch count, a throw count, if you will. But uh, how did he fare in uh, day one coming off the torn labrum surgery? I think he looks good. Um, he may have that injury, but, you know, his presence on the field is still felt no matter what. Uh, he's just a good, you know, his confidence, his swagger he brings to their offense is great. The dude played with a torn labrum in his throwing shoulder last year, and he's going to play with one in his off shoulder. Is, is that nuts? I didn't even know that, honestly, so it's cool to see how he just played through it. He just played through it. It's crazy. And in theory, you might have played through the meniscus against New Mexico State, right? Yeah, I have no idea <laughs> when I tore that. Played, Sounds yeah. better, I guess, yeah. that I played through it. So, yeah. Jaron Hall had a great spring. Um, how did he look today? He looked good. Yeah, he's, he's just a playmaker. He can tuck it and run when he needs to, Like, and he's, he brings that same confidence and, and swagger that, that Zach can bring, so it's great to have them both back there competing. How do you manage, quote, fake football, the first five practices where you don't have pads but you're trying to get stuff done? Uh, I think mainly, like, we just got to play smart with our defense. Like, um, main thing today, they just said they didn't want anybody on the ground, you know. Main thing is we just want to stay healthy before game one. And I think we did that really well today, just protecting each other, understanding, like, we're just fitting up, really. But you make the most out of it, get the fundamentals down. In your mind without tackling, when you catch the ball and a guy comes up and grabs you, you obviously go by him for like 10 more yards, right? Even though you don't actually know. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, we broke the tackle for sure. And I, and <laughs> every I, time. Yeah, every time. <laughs> um, what, what are some of the goals with fall camp specifically with this group, given how many guys like yourself are coming off an injury, you have a big game, you want to get ready, yet you don't want to get re-injured, right? Right. Uh, I think the coaches understand that, and, and we understand that, and we just know we got to do our part with treatment and – um, just being smart, and I think we'll be, we'll be fine. I want to apologize to you for something I said on media day. I said in the hallway your, your, your haircut looked like Kairos Tonga. You didn't like that. Do you accept my apology? Yeah, I accept it. I mean, I no offense to Kairos, but he's not the guy I want to look like as of right now at least. <laughs> no, I was playing. That's, that's, that's a defensive comment. Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, best of luck the rest of fall camp, and uh, appreciate the time, Lopini. Thank you. Wow, shots fired across the bow, huh? Yeah, uh, again, I just apologize to him for uh, that. You know, I think Kyrus is a good-looking dude, though. I like Kyrus's hair. Yeah, slash I don't want to tick off Kyrus in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> ever.
that's uh, and coming a wise, up our, a wise approach. Yeah, uh, coming up m- more of my conversation with uh, Kairos Tonga, why he's physically ready this fall, unlike last fall. Plus, BYU store has released the game day color scheme, Jerem. Yeah. There's a majority royal there. What you need to know next. This is BYU Sports Nation. All about that style on game. I'll never be royal. Back on BYU Sports Nation, day two of BYU football fall camp happens on the first day of August. We are under a month away from BYU and Utah. Teeing it up, kicking things off at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and we now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Quarterback Zach Wilson, he's a sophomore. Hopefully, he's a sophomore sensation. Made his 2019 fall camp debut yesterday. He looked, in my words, crisp. Footwork nice on a limited pitch count or throw count, but was very sharp. Opening up 11-on-11 play with a 70-yard touchdown pass to a levy. Here's Zach. I think so. I think I'm ready. Um, The problem is just endurance, of course. I mean... I haven't been throwing, you know, routes as long as I've wanted. You have to be on a pitching count, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, luckily the game isn't tomorrow, so I don't have to worry about that. Zach Wilson. I wish it was tomorrow. <laughs> somebody, yeah, somebody did ask him, you, you, re- you ready tomorrow? You ready? He's like, well, probably not. So I'm just really grateful that the game is on August 29th. <laughs> yeah. The rest of the team's like, yeah, let's play. Let's go. Kalani Stake says receiver Neil Pau will remain on the team as a redshirt this season following a DUI arrest on June 8th. He'll be a redshirt junior next season. Kavika Fanua making a position change. These are always popular during fall camp. Going from running back to middle linebacker, the junior played linebacker in his first two seasons before playing running back in 2017. Ed Lamb on the benefits of this move. Kavika, we've moved him from offense uh, in 2016, he was one of the leading tacklers on the team, playing mostly special teams. And so he's made a lot of tackles. We consider him a veteran defender and, and moved him up to the top of the depth chart. Although I, I told those three guys, at least on day one, those three are all starters, and, and we'll mix that up quite a bit going forward. Jackson Kafusi, Peyton Wilgar, Kavika Fanua. He's named Fanua the starter at the moment. How about that? You switch positions and boom, you're a starter. He would have been like the fifth running back or something, so that's a good move for him. And former Navy middle linebacker Pepe Tanu Vasa has been added to the BYU football roster. If he wasn't uh, having to sit out because of transfer rules, he might be competing at middle yeah. linebacker as well. Played in all 13 games for Navy last season at 32 tackles, 11 of which came against Air Force. Jerem, the BYU store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yes, they are. Friends of the program, sponsors of the program. Sent out an updated version of the mm-hmm. what color to wear for BYU yeah. fans to each football game. Okay. Home and road games. Hit me. Let's start on August 29th with the season opener against Utah. Shocker. They want fans to wear royal. Uh, of course. Now, what's cool is uh, when the Deseret First Credit Union, uh, the Deseret Duel started. When BYU and Utah play in basketball and football, they wear royal and crimson. Ooh. That ju- always. That juxtaposition. Is awesome. Oh, it looks it looks amazing. Love it. It really looks nice. Yeah. Okay. Royal is well, the same one of color. Them look nice. Royal is the same color for the first road game at Tennessee. So two royal games to open things up. Okay. Then Roy- t- that royal will really pop against the uh, orange. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that'd this be great. is well played. Yeah, this is well played by athletics. Well in the played. BYU store. Mauer. Mm-hmm. BYU goes navy for fan color. Mm-hmm. 
in the home game against USC, and then a whiteout against Washington the week after. Ooh, I like that. End of September, whiteout. Getting a little cooler. Okay. Then there is another Royal effort at Toledo in the Glass Bowl. You mm-hmm. want the Royal to show up in the Glass Bowl in Toledo, Ohio. I think they're kind of Navy-ish, so yeah, you got to pop in some way. BYU then goes on the road to Tampa for a game at USF, and this is a road wideout, if you will. So well, Florida it, BYU Florida fans, white. show up. Yeah, it's like, you know, the white pants, Miami Vice thing. You're, show up. You're, you're in uh, Florida, wear white. I like I it. I will wear white pants while I'm in Florida. Do it. That, that's going to happen. Then BYU returns home for the rivalry game against Boise State on October 19th, and they go back-to-back Royal games hosting the Broncos in that Mountain West uh, duo, and then they go to Utah State after a bye in Logan wearing Royal once again. Royal, Royal, interesting. How does uh, Utah State feel about the Royal? Because they always claim that BYU like stole that. Well, they wear Navy now, though, right? Yes, they do. Yeah. So, again, you and want, again, you this want is your fans, fans we're, to stick out. We're not, yeah, exactly. We're not saying that BYU is wearing this for a jersey. They haven't revealed that quite yet. They can do what they want. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they, they do this what they want. This is what the fans are going to wear. Now, November 9th, BYU comes home to host Liberty, who I believe is a majority red color, mm-hmm. and they will wear the Cougars, will wear Navy. Okay. Idaho State. The Cougar fans. Home finale, Cougar fans will wear Royal. So that makes one, two, Idaho three, State. five, six Royal games thus far against this one, including Idaho State. Yeah. Then BYU will go with Navy at UMass and Royal to close things out at San Diego State. The Royal and Senior Day as well. Idaho State. Correct. Okay. Okay, interesting. Seven now, Royal games. One thing that's important to understand in all this is I think that there, people are, get caught up in the, well, well, isn't Navy the primary? Why can't Royal be the primary? There are two primaries. It's Navy and Royal. Do you remember when you were younger and you'd go into your closet in the morning and you'd grab something to go to school and your mom would say, no, 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 that doesn't match. That does not apply anymore. <laughs> like any kid can wear any color, any color sock with any shoe, any shirt. That's the style right now. So guess what? If BYU wears Royal with the fans, but they wear Navy on the field or whatever, they don't match. What? White, Royal, Navy, these are the colors, right? These are the colors. We all love the uniforms, but let's be honest. When you look at a stadium, you want the stadium to pop. And Royal or White typically just pops more yes. as a fan base. The only time you really get everybody in the same color White. is if you have a crazy rich tradition um, where that's what happens or you give them shirts. that, Like in the playoffs in the NBA, it feels like every team is like, boom, Warriors, we wear these yellow shirts. People aren't showing up in their yellow shirts. They're wearing the one you give them, right? So hopefully Cougar fans can jump on board, but the most effective way to do that is, hey, Rock, here's the shirts, right? <laughs> that's, that's generally how it works. But if you're going on the road, this, this is good because you want some unification, right? Cougar Nation shows up, boom, in the same color. And I know there was uh, a little bit of frustration to some end that there would be no blackout. Hey, I don't think it's a mystery that BYU Athletic Director it, Tom Holmo is black and wild. Yeah, is, yeah. He's not super keen on breaking out of the traditional colors. BYU is one of those old school traditional brands like Royal White, a little bit of Navy. It's just with that it, stretch white helmet. This is how it's going to be. Well, there's been more Royal. We choose to use Royal, by the way, on this show. If you've ever noticed, so does BYU Athletics. Yeah, they use a lot of Royal. If you look at the social media, right? You can have two primary colors: Royal sure. and Navy. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, does that mean BYU is going to wear a Royal uniform a ton? 
Uh, we'll see. No. Yeah, what we did see on Equipment Handout Day or Equipment Preparation Day is that BYU does have white jerseys with royal numerals and blue royal pants with white stripes down the side, which is a throwback to their old road uniforms in the uh, 80s and 90s. I want the mesh, dude. Oh, you want the mesh? With McMahon? It's just like, you know, it's like a penny when you're playing pickup. Hey. I'm just kidding. Those are the worst. You know what uniform I want? <laughs> I want the 1996 Nike uniform, BYU, blue, with the black drop shadow no. on the white. That would be the, the ultimate throwback. Shadow. That would be the ultimate throwback. Uh, just throw bring back. back the bibs then. No. Dude, if BYU did You're the bibs the one n- game, that would be awesome. Okay, one game, yes. One game, just one game. so we could all be like, these yes. are so gross. Yes. Like, the Pittsburgh Steelers do the Bumblebee one. So ugly. So bad, but it's funny. It's whatever. They were like these cream pants. And then black and yellow tops. Like, you want to talk about things that Even don't Wyoming match? Even Wyoming thinks that's gross. The things Come that on. don't match? Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. But, yeah, like, like a one game, like, that. This it's the 96 jersey day. It's the bib day. Yeah, like, if BYU ever plays UTEP or Tulsa at home, it's just, like, old, old whack, yeah. late 90s garbage, yes. right? Like, 98. 99, they would have been in the Mountain West. So, say it's, like, 97. It's It's... 96-ish, almost bibs. You know, you could, you could have a lot of fun there. I love it. I would love if BYU wore black again at some point in the future. It doesn't look like that's the case for this year. I think if BYU were wearing it, they might have announced it by now because the fans get excited. You remember when the basketball team wore black at New Mexico? Nobody was doing it back then, though. It was so cool. The, the, the Bulls in 96, when they've won 72 games had this third jersey that was black. They'd wear on the road With sometimes. pinstripes. Yes, it was so awesome. Part of that is that it was MJ, right? Wearing it. Uncle Mike, as I call him. I wish that BYU had a black jersey along those lines in basketball. Jason Shepard just sent Jeremy and I a message that said, I want a tan out. <laughs> tan. Would you ever bring there, back any tan? There like are no any tan. There are no dumb ideas. They're just dumb people with ideas. Okay? <laughs> I want to. I want to. A tan out would be the worst. <laughs> it would, I, That's the equivalent of the tan. bumblebee jerseys. Yeah. for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, those you pants. Know, well, you know, we oh. po- we pointed this out a couple years ago oh. on the sidelines. The quarterbacks were wearing when it was cold those big coats that go head to toe, and they had the old school tan jersey, tan uh, accents uh, logo. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I thought, what? How have they not made a new one? It's time for new coats, guys. Yeah. And they got them. Yeah. I can't remember how many. We're getting to the point on this show, this is our seventh football season that we're covering, where I can't differentiate between two and three years ago and six years ago. It's getting to that point. <laughs> we're like, when was that? All right, you've got seven Royal games. Seven is a lot. Two white games, three Navy games. Yeah. Okay. Let's Get go. your clothing while you can, BYU store. Well, they're all white games. It's all yeah. available, also online. Yeah. But really, just make sure you have Royal by August 29th. If you're a BYU fan, countdown to the Utes. 28 days, four weeks from today. Number 28, Pete Van Valkenburg. Can we talk about him for a sec? Yes, please. In 1972, he led the nation in rushing from BYU. Pete Van Valkenburg. Now, this is ironic because BYU had just implemented their drop back pass attack. No, they would the next year. They obviously didn't if they had the nation's, nation's leading rusher. The next year, they bring in this JC kid named Gary Shiny. So when Gary comes on a recruiting visit, they say, yeah, we're going to put in this passing attack. He goes, 
Really? I'm seeing you got this guy that's leading the country in rushing. <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, your boy, Gary Shady wins the Sammy Bob for best quarterback the next year. Incredible. How about that? Drafted by my Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. What's up, Gary? Yeah. Let's go, oh, I was going to say, if you're a BYU fan, you don't own Royal anything, come on. Are you even a BYU fan? Let's go. <laughs> Coming up, which BYU tight end is finally on the team after years of conversation? Plus, Kyrus Tonga. Find out why he said, quote, I'm a big fan of the offense. Coming from a defensive lineman. Also, Jerem, I'm, I'm a little concerned about your safety with this. If you said oh, anything he's dumb. a teddy bear. Come on, man. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yeah, they are. The best of BYU Sports Nation airs Saturday, noon Eastern on BYU Radio. It is on the podcast feed as well. It has the best conversations and interviews from throughout the week. And this week, fall camp began, so don't miss it. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. What is your biggest takeaway after day one of BYU football fall camp? Saik, do you want tan jerseys in the future? A throwback? A one-off? Never. No? Yes? It would Bibs? just be tan accents. Like, do you even want tan accented in the uniforms tan, at yeah, all? I don't even want the accent. A tan jersey would be... Oh. <laughs> so bad. That's the worst. That's so bad. It's a black jersey with a tan accent. No. Uh, I mean, Wake Forest is kind of that way. Yeah. But fun, it's more gold. Fun fact. In the, I believe in the 40s, for one season, BYU used orange. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Why? Was it hunting season? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Carl Malone's out there going, sometime, We're going to go hunting after Malone. the game, so yeah. we'll just go in our uniforms. Yeah. Orange. What's yeah. your biggest takeaway after day one of BYU football fall camp? Uh, that there will be no tan accents and no tan jerseys. At Wigmanti underscore eight on Instagram. The biggest takeaway is that the BYU offense looks poised and explosive. They are ready to get to work and be great. Hashtag BYUSN. Poised level high. Threat level midnight. It's incredible what we can gather after 20 minutes of media availability. <laughs> and a set of interviews why, and yeah. one practice. I'm very hesitant to watch seven <laughs> minutes of BYU football and go, you know what? They're going to win the national championship. Oh, wait, I tweeted that. Yes, yes, you did. And apparently, sarcasm. again, the sarcasm just did not hit. <laughs> Hopefully sarcasm hit with Kairos Tonga. Future NFL guy, at least we think. I mean, he's, oh. he's an NFL prospect for sure. No doubt. He is the beast in the middle of the defensive line, a block eater. He is poised he's and so poised. ready for a big season. Jerem Jordan, one-on-one BYU Sports Nation, all access at BYU Fall Camp with Kairos Tonga. All right, Kairos, uh, we're back at it. The offseason's over. Uh, what are your emotions like? Is Okay, the season's right here. We're excited. I think everyone came out juiced. Um, everyone jumping around, offensive excited, defense excited, special teams, so everyone's excited right now. Are you more excited that the offseason's over or that the season's around the corner? They're related. Yeah, yeah, I think just the season's just around the corner for me, so... 29 days away, so it's, it's coming fast. He's got the count. He might watch the show to get the countdown. I like that. I like that. Is there a, a higher sense of urgency given that Utah is the first game? Um, I think there's a lot of juice that goes, goes behind it, but we've been, we've been at it the, the same since January. Um, ever since our season ended, we just kept the same energy. I think it's just a, it's a rivalry game, so a lot of people are pumped for it. Have you rewatched that game? 
I mean, yeah. It, it's hard to watch. It, it's just super hard to watch, but it's things you learn from and things uh, that you need to fix so that we don't ever have that happen in the future. Were you hoping to be outside today? It ended up raining a bunch in Utah County. Yeah, I was, I was hoping to be outside. I don't like being in here. Why not? I feel suffocated. <laughs> Can't breathe. It is a little stuffy in here, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk about you. Um, on media day, you said you had lost some weight. So um, last year you came in a little over the weight. I think you wanted to be at. So what, do, what are you at right now, and how has that compared to your goal? I'm at 320. I came in at 350, and I feel I, it's a nine-day difference today being able to run with the offense. Um, I feel great. The coaches want me right here. So uh, it's about me maintaining and keeping the weight uh, so that I can execute the place. Keeping it down? Yes, sir. Okay. So you're, you're saying you're 30 pounds lighter than last fall. Yes, sir. Wow. How have you been able to shed that much weight? I think just eating right, uh, working out. Uh, the strength staff has done an amazing, uh, an amazing job of just keeping track of me and making sure that I'm doing the right stuff at the right time. So, Talking to Kairos Tonga, weight-shedding expert here on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> What's the key to shedding that much weight nutritionally? There's some people that want to know the key. Don't eat pizza and stay off the sweets. Okay. That's my two cents. Fewer carbs uh, and, and fewer sugar. Greens. A lot more greens. Okay, I like that. I like that. The rice and chicken, too? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about you. Uh, junior season, what are some of your goals? What are you hoping to be better at this season? Uh, just, to, just to work on my, uh, my endurance, uh, being able to, to last longer in the games, not just come out with four plays, but continue to stay out there when my team needs me and I'll come out in crucial moments uh, when, when we're late in the game and I have to come out because I'm tired. But just continue to work on that and um, have fun. So if you're real tired on a play, are you the one that taps out? Is that how that works? Uh, they, we have a guy that uh, is pretty good at rotating. But, like, it's like, if you notice, like, Corbin and Shonen Takitaki last year, they stayed in the whole game. They just tell their guys, like, hey, no, I'm not. I'm trying to be like that. But if I see someone coming in, I'll, I'll take the water. But <laughs> I need to work on it. So. Hey, there's a reason those two are in the NFL, right? Yes, sir. That's true. Um, let's talk about your group. Who, who in your group do you feel like has worked really hard and is ready to shine this year that maybe hasn't before? I think the, the whole group has stepped up. I think Lorenzo, um, he's a guy that, that comes to my mind. Um, he's been working super hard. And he's lost a lot of weight. Um, you told him how to do it? No, he he's already a fit guy, so he just looks good. He's uh today he was explosive, uh, just doing the right things. Uh, I'm excited for him and the season he's about to have. And El Bakri is one guy coming off an injury. Um, he looks super good, and we're just excited to have them. How do you guys handle? And uh, I don't know that you can contain Bracken El Bakri's uh, energy and personality. It is amazing. Yeah, I think we're just used to it now. I know, like everyone loves it. Everyone loves it, but it's just it's normal now to us. We love it still, yeah. but it's just like a normal thing to hear him loud at seven in the morning. Just a normal thing. Is he always juice? Is there any time he's not? That's not challenge, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's not challenge. Yeah, that's probably the only the only time. Yeah. Give us a sense of uh, what the offense looked like today. And I don't know if you're like a, you know what, we showed them down guy or if you're like, no, they were good. The offense was good. I'm, a, I'm excited. I'm a big fan of the offense, uh, especially the old line. Uh, they've been working hard um, this whole offseason. And for them to come out and, and play, we don't have pads on right now, so it's kind of hard. It's kind of fake football. Sure. So come Friday, I'm pretty sure they're going to bring it. So I'm excited for them. 
who's the guy in the interior on the line that you match up with the most that's like, oh, I got to go up against this guy? It, James and Tristan. I'm just – I'm in dead center of them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard, man. One guy is just one of the best centers in the in college, and the other guy is just a, a big man. So uh, it makes me better. It's, it, it's good because – they, they do good for me out here and now. I go in their games, and uh, it really shows. So, Alexa Tuyaki's talked about how if we can get a rush, a good rush with four, that's going to change the game. What are some of the keys to making that happen this season? I think just being dom- uh, dominating as a, as a D-line. We just need to continue not to give up, uh, use our hands, use our feet, and um, get to the ball. I think uh, if we can just do that with four guys, we can let our linebackers be free, let them play, let them play the game, and uh, we'll have a lot of turnovers. Okay, Cougar Nation's excited about this season. What? It, go ahead and look into that camera. What do you want to tell them? Uh, go Cougs. <laughs> That's it. A man of few words and more tackles. Kairos, appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Kairos Tonga, still big but leaner and meaner. Then last fall camp. 30, 30 pounds. pounds! That's a lot, dude. That's a lot. Fantastic. Coming up, my ode to football. Welcome back. <laughs> and the dog that has the best name in all of Cleveland. It's inspired by a former BYU player. This is the BYU Sports Nation. The name's ridiculous. Shout out to today's guests. Both went one-on-one with Jerem Jordan at fall camp, Lopini Katoa and Kairos Tonga. I think I went 0 for 2. Show's on demand via the podcast and BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Beautiful. Fall camp day one happened yesterday. Zach Wilson said his shoulder and arm are fine. He is, however, on a throw count. Kalani Sataki said he has no worries about Wilson being ready for game one. Kalani Satake revealed receiver Neil Pau will remain with the team as a redshirt this season following a DUI arrest back on June 8th. He'll be a redshirt junior next season and get back on the field. Kavik Fonua is moving from running back to middle linebacker. Ed Lamb said he's the starting line, uh, middle linebacker as of right now. The junior played linebacker his freshman and sophomore seasons in 2014 and 16. Played running back in 17. He redshirted that season, then medically redshirted last season. Former Navy middle linebacker Pepe Tanuvasa has been added to the BYU football roster. Tanuvasa played in all 13 games for the Naval Academy last season, had 32 tackles, 11 alone against Air Force. Tanuvasa will sit out the season due to those NCAA transfer rules. And tight end Joe Tukuafu is back with the team. He was a member of the 2017 scout team and did not play last season. The preseason coaches poll. Is out, Jerem. The sports information director's poll? It is out. The first poll of the season. Oh. That is official, but because it's the coaches, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. We're still I waiting for the media polls, but still, it's out. It's, it's fodder. Here. Here. BYU, shocker, did not make the poll. However, Washington, BYU plays in week four, ranked 12th. Utah, Cougars open season against number 15. Mm-hmm. Okay. Boise State, Southern Cal, Utah State, and Tennessee all receiving votes. Boise State, two spots out. Yeah. USC, so they rank 27th, right? 34th are the Trojans. Utah State, 35th, just behind USC. And Tennessee, they're a ranked team, Jerem. One vote tied for 54th. Uh, what? They must have had a 25th place vote or something. So two preseason uh, teams voted in. In the AP poll, we'll see if Boise State starts ranked. I do not think they will. I think it'll hold serve here. Two teams preseason, so is the schedule as tough as we think it is? There are quality teams outside the top 25, no doubt. 
But uh, when BYU plays them, will they be ranked is the yes. question. Yeah, how many when teams? When BYU plays USC, will they be 2-0 and and ranked? Because if USC's 2-0, and they'll be ranked. I don't think USC's going to be 2-0 and because they play Fresno State and Stanford. Yeah, I don't think so either. How many teams will BYU play that are ranked at the time of the game? Utah State very well could be ranked. Boise State, I think, is going to be ranked. Obviously, Utah and Washington are highly likely to be ranked. Utah guaranteed they will be ranked when BYU plays them because it's the first game of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) The toughness of the schedule, always up for debate. Today's rise and shout-outs. Jaren, for me, I'm giving it to the the dog with the greatest name in all of Cleveland. Inspired by Sione Takitaki. Meet Sione Doggy Doggy. Boo! (laughs) Tweeted out by the Browns Twitter account. What is this? This very good girl, they say, is new to Cleveland and looking for her forever home. Okay. She's quick, agile, and ready to tackle you with her love. That's a good one. (laughs) I like it. Sione Doggy Doggy. Okay, mine, uh, with fall camp back in the Hall of Fame game in the NFL, uh, tonight in the NFL, um, I would like to present an ode to football. Dear football, I've missed you. It's been a really long offseason. Every day I talk about you, every day I think about you, you with your crunching pads, eye black, face masks, and crowd roars, the drum line, the tailgates, the cannon blasts, which startle me every time, flipping cheerleaders, painted faces, and unexpected highs and lows of every season. I've been in love with you my whole life, and now you're back. Welcome back, football. <laughs> it kind of sounded like had a bad day by Daniel Powder. It kind of did. <laughs> we couldn't pay, we couldn't get the Had rights to that. Had a bad day. But we could use that song. So yeah, football's back. I love you. <laughs> it's a good day. If you've had a bad day, think about football today's, back today. Today's a good. It day. erases all of your concerns. Yeah. Makes everything better. Yeah. Makes everyone happier. Our question of the day: What's your number one takeaway from day one of BYU football fall camp? Basketball guy twenty one on Instagram says: My biggest takeaway from day one is the players have put in the work over the summer and are full of confidence. Our elite voice today, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Joe Brady twelve on Twitter that this team is hungry for success. I loved hearing how the coaches could sense how much the team had worked together over the offseason. They're united, led by great players and coaches, and ready to get it done. Let's go. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. Hello, That's right. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. <laughs> Football's back, baby. For Jeremiah and Spencer, shout out to Mitch Payne. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation and New Nation. Go Cougs.